Hey, Job. Hey, God. So, um, how <laughs> much do you love Disney? Oh, you know, the, the most. You know, I just, I just absolutely adore Disney. They're the greatest company on earth. They've never done anything wrong. Uh, the, the person who created it was not an anti-Semite. I don't think there's anything wrong with Disney. You know what I mean? Hmm. 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 I don't know how true the anti-Semite thing is. I think that's just like uh, a popular internet rumor. Actually, like there are realistic reasons to hate Walt Disney. Like he. Uh, despised unions and crushed them with his bare hands but but like you know there's lots of reasons to hate him without even having to go that deep into conspiracy into, into like conspiracy theories that he uh hated the jews uh anyway and i, I kind of get the sense that you have a gun to your head as you say positive things about disney but anyway um recently disney unveiled a shitload of new content that's coming to theaters and Disney Plus, mostly to Disney Plus. I kind of get the sense that this, you know, this is kind of coming in the wake of Warner Brothers blowing up theaters. Yeah, just Warner Brothers yeah, attaching them. dynamite to theaters and like having that cartoony, like you know. Uh, thing you have to push down like Wiley e. Coyote blowing up the theater and saying everything HBO Max now uh, next year. Um, I don't know how dramatic that will be or not, but um, I think Disney looking at the pandemic and looking at how more people stream than ever now is like, yeah, we're gonna announce a million things for Disney Plus. So Justin. Which uh, flavor of Disney do you want to start with? Um, I don't know. Start with, like... I think I'll end with Marvel, because that's the most. Yeah. But oh, we have, here. like, your Non-Star Milk Star Toast, Wars? Disney, and yeah, then like... Star Wars, and then, like, your Animated, and then, like, your Pixar. There's a million things, and I'm just going to yell things that exist yeah, go, to you. Go for it. Yeah, just do it. Uh, I'm looking at an article here that helped me out listing everything. I'll just source it real quick. Uh, At Deadline, Disney Plus programming, here's what was announced or confirmed for streamer during Disney Investor Day by uh, Eric Peterson. Thank you, friend, uh, that I don't know. Anyway, I just needed a list of every damn thing that they uh, are coming out with because there's too much. But anyway... uh, Star Wars first. Let's do Star Wars first, or Lucasfilm specifically, because there's a couple things that aren't Star Wars. Okay. Just a couple. Just a couple. You ain't getting a new Monkey Island, but there's a couple. Uh, (laughs) um, All right. Disney Plus show, Ahsoka. This was like. This is basically. I like. I don't know. If you watch The Mandalorian this season, this was pretty obvious that it was coming. Because her episode felt like a backdoor pilot of The Mandalorian, the episode she showed up in. Uh, And it was good, though. Um, I like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. She looks great. This will be her own show. 
apparently a limited series. I hope it's only like one season. I hope a lot of these are like one season and aren't like, you know, that that would make a lot of them easier to swallow. The, like the amount of them, I would say. Um, and then also another spinoff of The Mandalorian is called Rangers of the New Republic. And this one is interesting in what they don't say about it because uh, (laughs) I uh, hate Gina Carano. I didn't always hate Gina Carano. Uh, She, she is an MMA female MMA fighter turned actress who was in Mandalorian season one and kind of was like a breakout side character of that season. Then she decided to be really transphobic and anti-vax and stupid. Oh, that's hype. And uh, said a lot of dumb, terrible things on Twitter. Retweeted a lot of dumb, terrible things. Now, my concern with Rangers of the New Republic is that in in her role in Mandalorian Season 2, she was made a Ranger of the New Republic. Now, Disney isn't deaf to the things that she has been saying and the people complaining about her existence in the show. So I think it's very telling that they didn't announce this as a spinoff for her character. And rather, it's just called Rangers of the New Republic. We will see what happens, but these are all still under the influence of Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, so this is like part of the Mandalorian extended universe, but not being satisfied with just that Disney's like, here's Andor starring Cassian Andor from rogue one. Do you care? I don't. Here's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I do care about that one a little more. That's a character I remember from the star Wars, unlike Cassian Andor. You're also getting a Clone Wars animated sequel in The Bad Batch. Uh, That will actually probably be good. Um, You're also getting something called Star Wars Visions, which is shorts uh, created by anime creators for Star Wars. Uh, I'm not sure who yet, but this has potential. It could be like an animatrix for Star Wars, I hope. Um, I don't know if we're going to get strip katana dueling in Star Wars. Ooh, strip boy. lightsaber dueling. There we yeah, go. But, um, but hey, maybe. Uh, Lando. Now, I don't know if this one is going to be ancient Billy D. Williams Lando or um, childish Gambino. Uh move white girls like there's coke up my ass crack lando i don't i don't think it will be childish campino or billy d williams i think they will cast somebody new as lando that will be cheaper uh or less old um there's something called the acolyte i don't know what this is uh some kind of uh mystery thriller uh, shadowy secrets. I don't know. I'm just reading the blurb here. I don't care about this one because I don't know what it is. Uh, something called a droid story that will uh, introduce us to like a new droid, but R2-D2 and C-3PO will be in it. 
and then as far as not Star Wars goes, it's not listed here, but they are making Indiana Jones 5. Um, Boy. Spielberg was attached, but he recently said no. I don't think I have it in me to do another Indiana Jones movie. Now, Harrison Ford is still supposed to be in it. But um, the director is now James Mangold, who did uh, Logan and uh, more recently Ford v. Ferrari. So it could be good, but I'm not holding out hope because it's an Indiana Jones movie made after the 80s. I, and it hasn't that hasn't fared well before. Uh, however, what was our theory on Indiana Jones? Like the, the odd numbered ones are good. Is that our theory? Because like two and four are bad. Yeah. So maybe five good. I, I don't I don't wouldn't count on that one, but <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and then because I guess oh, Lucasfilm no. owns this, uh, we're getting a. Willow sequel series starring Warwick Davis, and I really don't know why they're bothering, but alright, thanks. That's Lucasfilm. I'm gonna sneeze. Yeah, please go for it. Okay, actually, no, maybe not. I just thought I was going to. That's not the name of a Pixar upcoming series or anything. I just felt like I I haven't felt the full amount of the existential dread set in, so just keep going, bud. All right, so uh, Pixar is a One company, company I love. One company is releasing all of them. Disney. But uh, I like Pixar. Soul's coming out on December 25th. I think I'm literally, on Christmas, going to like just talk to the fam, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a double feature of movies that, I, movies that I would have seen in a theater but cannot on the 25th with Soul... And Wonder Woman 84. I don't know which one I'll end with. I'm assuming Soul will be better, because it looks really fucking cool. Uh, I hope it's good, at least. It's giving me Inside Out vibes. Uh, Pixar is best when they're making original ideas and not sequels. Toy Story is maybe the exception to that, but, well, bookmark that. Uh, And they're having a lot of shorts and a lot of things. There's... um, a series of shorts with the dog from up. Uh, they, the end. Oh, like, that's weird. I, I, I'm curious to see how Pixar does with Disney plus series because they're, they're you there. I've only seen movies and shorts from Pixar. So they, they, they work really more. well in seven minutes or 90 minutes. I don't know how they work in 22 minutes. Um, now one of these I won't watch with, which is cars, the series, uh, no thanks. I'm good. But the other one, I will see what it is, because it's an original idea. It's called Win or Lose, and it's about a middle school softball team leading up to their championship game, and each episode will be about a different character in the series, like from their perspective, uh, which kind of sounds interesting. Uh, Pixar could maybe tell a good heartwarming story with that. I bet they are Pixar. As far as Disney themselves are concerned, uh, there's way too many reboots and remakes and, and too much, too much garbage. Uh, Hocus Pocus two, three men and a baby reboot. 
Are you excited Jesus for Christ. that? Oh. <laughs> Cheaper by the dozen reboot. What the fuck? No. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid coming back animated this time. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. Some, I'm not an expert on the Ice Age films, so you'll have to forgive me for not knowing my lore, but there's something called the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, uh, which is no a spinoff, apparently, starring Simon Pegg. Uh, I have straight no to clue. Disney Plus film. Uh, Night at the Museum is coming back, animated film this time around. I hope they don't have a bad Robin Williams sound alike. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers hybrid live action animated feature exclusively for Disney Plus, directed by Akiva from the Lonely Island, starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. This sounds like a disaster. I can't wait. Uh, live action Pinocchio. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, nope. <laughs> they need to stop doing this, but they won't. Uh, something called Peter Pan and Wendy. I'm not sure if it is a sequel or a reimagining of Peter Pan shit. I... Uh, a sequel knows, to honestly. Enchanted called Disenchanted. Ooh, get it? Odd. Uh, and everyone is excited for this one. Uh, Sister Act 3. When this gets released, we'll put Sister Act on the Gen and Jub wheel and, and, and have a great time, I'm sure. Oh, hell yeah, brother. You on board to watch all the Sister Act movies? Yeah, sure am. <laughs> anyway, as far as their animation is concerned that isn't Pixar... Uh, we got Raya and the Last Dragon coming out next year. We got a Baymax series. We got a Zootopia series. Something called Iwaju. Uh, uh, who, uh, who what? Something, something called Tiana. Uh, Moana the series. Uh, a bunch of National Geographic stuff that I will glaze over. Uh, but I, I, for some reason it isn't here, but I know it exists. Um, oh, there's a Turner and Hooch series coming as well. Uh, Pixar's most confounding announcement is one I do want to talk about with you, Justin. Um, Lightyear. You heard about that one? Okay, so Lightyear yes. is a origin film for Buzz Lightyear, the man, not the toy. Uh, I guess the lore... Oh, this isn't what I thought the lore was, but I guess the lore they're going with is that Buzz Lightyear the toy was inspired by a blockbuster film called Lightyear, and they're literally making this film now as Pixar. Uh, I always assumed it was like a bad show in-universe made to sell toys. Uh, just like you know, how there's millions of bad shows in real life made to sell toys, especially in the 80s. And, like, Toy Story 1 came out, like, what, like, 95? So that was pretty close to the reality of that movie. I, I always thought it was something like that. Like, Buzz Lightyear was, like, a G.I. Joe kind of guy. You know what I mean? But no, yeah. apparently they're going to make this big movie, and there's kind of a controversy in the fact that uh, Chris Evans is voicing Buzz Lightyear, not Tim Allen. I think that's just an upgrade. That's yeah. just an upgrade and that a half. Like a, 
You don't need Tim Allen. Get Tim Allen the fuck out of here. He can clean his teeth out of my bones for all I care. Get that Uh, that fucking (laughs) Santa Claus looking ass motherfucker out. He is the Santa Claus. Anyway, um, if you don't have cancer yet, let me uh, yell Marvel stuff at you. I've died already, but can you? Okay, so Marvel um, has announced many of these things already, but we have more information about them. Uh, their first Disney Plus series is coming in January, WandaVision. I think it looks actually really cool. I'm excited for them to try something different. This looks very mind-fucky and good. Excited for this one. A much more conventional Marvel-looking thing that's coming out for Disney Plus, though. Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. Uh, then Loki in May, which actually looks really cool from the trailer. Owen Wilson in that for some reason. Uh, <laughs> what if in the summer, which I think will be both good and bad, depending on the episode you're watching. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, that's going to be a bunch of like alternate scenarios like, what if Peggy Carter was Captain America? And what if everyone died or something like that? I don't know. Miss um, Marvel in late 2021. Uh, I hope that this is good. Uh, this character is great. Uh, she deserved a better public introduction than that terrible Square Enix Avengers game. But alas, maybe this will make up for it. Uh, and then you also get Hawkeye in late 2021. I want to be excited for it, but Jeremy Renner kind of sucks. Uh, so I, I guess we'll see. But they did confirm that uh, Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop, so they're at least doing some cool things in it. Uh, more more Disney Plus shows that they had had yet to announce. Oh boy, She-Hulk. Uh, they announced Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk. Um, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in this too. So is Tim Roth as the Abomination. That they're 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 alleging uh, they're they're um they they are saying that Incredible Hulk existed as a film. I I don't agree with that decision, but you do you Disney. Uh, Moon Knight, which I want to be good, but we don't know much about it yet. Um, as far as the show goes. And then Secret Invasion, which is a Disney Plus show, not their next big movie. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it, so is Ben Mendelsohn as the Scrawl Man from Captain Marvel. Uh, I don't know how good that will be if it's not a huge, giant event involving all the characters, and it's just Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know. That kind of lowers my expectations for what that's going to be by by a large margin. Ironheart. This is a girl Iron Man character that was created by Bendis. Uh, Bendis. I think approximately five seconds before Bendis said, Fuck Marvel, I'm going to DC. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know a lot of stories about her that are actually good. Uh, I want to think that, you know, it's good to have a diverse cast of heroes, but I don't know how good Ironheart will be, whereas I'm pretty sure Miss Marvel will actually be good. So, I don't know, we'll see. And then Armor Wars, which is a Don Cheadle 
as War Machine series. Uh, I, I, but okay. And then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special in 2022. Jesus that is Christ. James Gunn coming back to write and direct a special, uh, apparently filming before Guardians 3 proper. And also I Am Groot, which will be a series of shorts focusing on Groot, and it'll probably be dumb baby bullshit as a result. Um, I think that's it, but it feels like I named everything ever. I want to die. I'm excited for many of those things, but for many of them, it seems like they're stretching the limits of my patience. Like, God, I don't know. Like, after I've watched nine Disney Plus Marvel shows, am I really going to be hyped to watch Armor Wars? I don't know. I really don't. Like, all right, if people thought, and I'm in this camp, people thought the MCU was getting exhausting. Now, when do you have, like, the same slate of movies coming out every year on top of all of these series? Well, this is the thing. That was all Disney Plus shows. That doesn't count for the movies. Yeah, I just realized I didn't. Uh, this didn't list any of the movies they have coming out, which I think I know off the top of my head. Yeah, we all we, uh, we knew those ones were coming over. Those were announced last no, year. No, they announced new ones too. Uh, Captain oh. Marvel 2 is happening. Miss Marvel will be in it as well. Uh, Black Panther 2 is happening despite the death of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, they said they're gonna still explore the world of Wakanda and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like that movie has like the potential to be not good because clearly they were probably writing something with Chadwick in mind and now they're still pulling like going forward with it and it might be a mess. Might be a mess. I'm not sure yet. Ryan Coogler is a good director. Uh but we'll see. Um I mean I mean and most of them we knew were coming out already. Uh they did announce the title of Ant-Man 3 or get hype for Ant-Man 3 Ooh. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that's the real title uh, <laughs> and and they officially announced that there is a Spider-Man 3 coming after Doctor Strange 2 uh, and those will all kind of link together a bit Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3 as well as every character ever apparently uh, including multiple Spider-Men, possibly. We don't know for sure. Um, I think... Th- I'm trying to remember what the other one was. There was one other movie announcement. Oh, Fantastic Four is officially happening. Um, they're finally making movies off of them Fox properties. Uh, Fantastic Four is going to be directed by John Watts, who previously did uh, Homecoming and Far From Home, and he's doing the third Spider-Man, and then he will be doing Fantastic Four, uh, which makes me a little more uh, okay with this because Fantastic Four is so hard to do. I I don't know; they could fuck it up very easily. 
But anyway, yeah, I think that now that that's it. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, man. Oh, and there's a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie coming out. Yeah, that too. That sounds like fun. I'm excited. We, well, we know nothing about it, but I'll just take your word for it. Um, I like Taika, though. Yeah, me too. It, it's just, there's so much. Now, like, granted, what I'm talking about isn't all next year. It's also in 2022 and 2023, and maybe even beyond as projects get pushed and moved up and pushed and, and, and spread out. And obviously, you know, some of these I will care about more than others. But it's still a lot. It's still way too much. I, I can't. <laughs> can't with this shit, man. It, it, it is just too much, flatly. Flatly is too much. I can't fucking take it. Fuck this. It was so much that this non-sequitur turned into a really long segment. Yeah, it really did. Like, that's that just gives you the breath of, like, how, how just how much this is just getting oversaturated. I, I like, gotta tell you, I'm thankful for the year-off break from Marvel projects because... I feel like I needed it to prepare for the onslaught of Marvel projects coming. <laughs> I'm going to get so tired so fast. <sighs> I, I, I'm going to get so tired of this shit so fucking fast. I don't, I don't want to with it. We'll see. I'm hoping that the, they, they are smart about this, and it's not like, you know... I, I couldn't keep up with the Netflix Marvel shows because they were 13 episodes and I kind of got bored with some of them early. Like, yeah, I would watch Daredevil all the way through, but like I would kind of give up on Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and fuck Iron Fist. But like, you know, I hope that these are like more like a little longer of a movie, you know, like maybe five or six episodes. I think that would be fine. And then I wouldn't get burned out as quick. But that's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that I don't... I, you don't need to make a Cassian Andor series, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Jesus fucking... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. Uh, please, uh, moral of the story here is please end me and somebody please break up Disney and actual... Like almost monopoly at this point. There's an alien series coming to FX too. Yes, that's that. Because they own everything. Weird as fuck. Yeah, they Yay. just own everything now. Like I, I just, Jesus, I just can't stand it. I just can't fucking stand it. Break them up. I mean, unless they buy the Get a Jump show, then I'll be all right with it. We're coming to Disney Plus, Justin. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Gen and Job Show. It's Ken. Hi, you've already heard me talk for twenty minutes. How you doing? I'm Jub. Today we're gonna talk about the Hobbit, the Battle of the the Five Armies. It's uh, it's really bad. 
Uh, it was worse than I remembered. And I remembered it being bad. Why? <laughs> well, good night, everybody. That was our review. Yeah, that Battle was it. Five yep. armies. Nah, no, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go into more detail. I want to. I want to rip this movie's asshole out and and throw it in the garbage. Um, I don't. know. That sounded weird. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about other things first. What do you uh what have you been playing? Yeah, I'm uh I've been playing that big new hit Cyberpunk game, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, I I thought you were going to make a joke and name a different game after saying I've been playing that new Cyberpunk game. I've been playing that new Cyberpunk game Fall Guys Season 3. Yeah. Oh, uh I streamed uh, a Cyberpunk game on my Twitch channel it wasn't called that it was called chickens on the road and i played it for 20 minutes got the platinum and stopped streaming sounds like a it was a great it was a great game it cost a dollar very worth guess what you do in that game uh no idea tell me well there's chickens in the road what do you think you do with them run them over yeah that's it yeah that's the game that's it. There's chickens on the road. You are on the road. You are car. Hit chickens with car. A thousand plat. Done. Great game of the year, honestly. They should have canceled the game awards. Because that won. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about the actually good game. Yeah, Cyberpunk Twenty Seventy Seven is it is a good game. I think. Um, okay. I do like it, especially now that the, the the true plot of the game has been revealed to me about three and a half hours in. It is very interesting. That's and it's not what I was expecting. It's really cool. A spoiler to address that, I assume. Yeah, I mean, if if you want me to talk about it, I could talk about it. No. Uh, Okay. Uh, I think I will eventually play that, but I am waiting for some news <laughs> about whether I should on my PS4 that sounds like a jet engine when I play uh, Grand Theft Auto V, so I, I bet it'll sound like two jet engines when I play Cyberpunk. I don't know. Them graphics look pretty rough on PS4. Yeah, it's really bad. So, uh. I'm not playing this game in a traditional way. Um, and this has to go into, like, I guess similarly, you know, a lot of people are having problems running this game. Um, I do not have a super high-end PC. Um, only got, like, it's got a graphics card in it that's pretty old at this point. But still, most games... I could run, I could get, like, a good amount of, like, around 60 FPS on, like, medium settings, right? Sure. And that has to do with, like, optimization, where games have a good, substantial set of lows and finding out ways to make those settings uh, actually increase performance. Cyberpunk has a major issue, and CD Projekt Red games have kind of all been like this, 
but they are not well optimized for PC at all. And it's the same thing when The Witcher 3 came out. It was, like, really fucking hard to run it as well. Right. That's kind of no different from them. But so I, the game, like, looked and ran like shit on my computer. So I decided to test out uh, NVIDIA service GeForce Now, where you can stream yeah. games that you own in a, in a like, Stadia-like fashion. Sure. And that immensely... It, It uh looks great now. It looks great. It runs great. I'm pulling a great amount of FPS with like high settings. Everything looks gorgeous. The game really is stunning. That's great. I love that. Cool. But I hate that I had to circumvent something else in order to be able to see it like that. Or even I don't even care if the game looked great if it ran at a decent FPS, but I can't even pull that. Yeah, like, it's kind of unfortunate that this game is a lot more high-end than, uh... Well, I mean, I guess it was already always going to be high-end, but, like, you know... It was promised for PS4 and Xbox One, so, right. like, I That's kind of assumed major... that it could be ran on lower-end PCs. That's the major problem. It barely runs on regular PS4s and Xbox Ones. Yeah. It's kind of a, a disappointment. Uh, so much so that they're offering, like, refunds and stuff to people that are not satisfied with their purchase. I believe that in their announcement they said that there's several patches incoming. One in December, one in January. Or maybe one in January, one in February. I think they said after the holidays. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the amount of glitches I'm seeing is fucking insane for this game, though. Yeah. I hope I hope they can get past this. I think they will. Uh, they did with The Witcher 3. Yeah. Because they ended up optimizing that game much better after it came out. Now, when The Witcher 3 launched, the PS4 and Xbox One were new consoles, so... On those? Sure. It was a little different releases so they get literally after a new console so come out right this has been in dev for like seven years or some shit so yeah, like, about seven years i feel like they could have been better optimized for last gen it, i guess i guess it's last gen now still feels like the current gen to me but um oh well but i'm, I'm glad that it's at least a good game because this would have been a, a, a way different situation if it was this glitchy and this fucked up and also bad. So so I'm glad that it's good, mostly. Yeah. It is. I The, the gameplay's pretty solid. Um, my, I think my biggest complaint about it so far is the driving is absolute ass shit. No... Um, it reminds me of, like, Grand Theft Auto 4, which should not be the Sick. driving in a game in 2020. Oh, like, at all. I'm gonna love it then. <laughs> like, it's so floaty. I fucking love GTA 4, man. Those cars handle like shit, but it's fucking Dude. hilarious. 
Yeah, because you just like flail around and run into people and shit. It's it's ridiculous. You can't controlling stop it. motorcycles in GTA Four is like the the worst fucking shit ever. It's great. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's really cool though. The gameplay doesn't like. It's nothing to write home about. I think the game strengths mostly mostly lie in like. The breadth of stuff you can do, the world, and the, there are a lot of great characters in this game. Right. As you'd expect from C the quest writing and everything like that is super good. And that's the highlight. Other than that, it's not much to write home about. So if you're really invested in that kind of stuff, like you want to go through the story, you like, you like, like, Great characters, an interesting world. I would, I would recommend it. I, like a shooter game to play. Don't, don't pick up Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's not a great shooter. I mean, that's fine. Like you know, this could transition into what I'm talking about. But like going back to like GTA four, that game is fantastic, despite having shit driving, because of everything coming together. You know, it's like, you know, the sum of its parts is greater than individual parts of it. You know what I mean? And if Cyberpunk's like a similar situation to that, I can find a lot of fun in it. You know, a, a game does not have to be perfect in every aspect. It just has to be really, really good in others. So if narratively it's on point, but like the driving and shooting aren't the greatest thing in the world. I mean, are they like serviceable at least? If they're serviceable, then it can work. Yeah, it is. I... Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Cool different weapons you add. Could sell dildos. Yeah, dude. To street merchants. You'll find a gun that talks to you. Fuck yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. It's That's fucking some control hilarious, shit. dude. Alright. Fucking hilarious. It's this gun. Ah, oh, fuck, I forget what it's called. But it has, like, this little hologram bullet that comes out of it that talks to you. Shit. It has, like, its own melody it sings and shit. Hell when yeah. First, then you first picks it up, it asks you if you want to do, like... Like, sad puppy dog mode. <laughs> where you just, like... The gun... Like, it's like a smart gun, so, like, the, the, the arrows go on a certain trajectory. Like, I will only aim for lower extremities, and it's like, Stone Cold Killer mode. I will only aim for the head. Oh, And then you pick that's one. That's awesome. <laughs> Stuff like that, it's like, yeah, that's, this is what, this is why I'm here. Yeah. I need more shit like that. That sounds awesome. Uh, I, I guess the other thing we could talk about briefly about that game is, uh, don't play it if you have epilepsy. Yeah. Now, since uh, since the person who wrote the article about that uh, that took off, which thankfully it did, um, CD Projekt Red did put out a patch addressing it. Yeah, but like, bruh, there's like a fucking there's a free resource online that you can use that automatically detects if you use your triggery stuff in your game. Like, what are you doing, CD Projekt Red? Yeah, it's uh, that's unfortunate. I know that's not what they intended. They're not trying to give people seizures. 
But uh, it's an easy fix, and I think that, like, you know, I'm surprised that that's not on their minds more when they're making the game after, like, you know... There's been several huge moments in pop culture where seizures were an issue that everyone remembers. So, <laughs> like, I don't know why you would uh, just forget and say fuck it. Yeah, I don't know, man. <coughs> but yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Josby's dying again. I don't know what it is. My body is, like, rejecting me drinking water or something. Mm, you gotta drink, drink my fucking water. You gotta drink something different, like spicy water, instead. Yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna put some put some pepper in it. Oh god, that sounds awful. That sounds All awful. Right. That sounds atrocious. Anyway, what have you been playing? Oh god, speaking of awful and atrocious, um, I've been playing GTA Online. Bitch. That's sad to hear. Take that, GTA Online, you fucking piece of shit. Uh, all right, let me let me preface this by saying I am a huge fan of Grand Theft Auto as a franchise. I have played and beaten basically every game they've made since GTA 3. I love them. I love fucking around in them. I love doing all the missions. I love 100%ing them. So, several years ago, I did basically everything in GTA V except the online stuff. I started dabbling in the online stuff, but kind of fell off of it. And then, a couple years later, I think that was in 2016 when I was playing this last, I uh, went back. And thankfully, it keeps your online progress, despite the fact that I didn't have my story mode saves and all that. That's all gone, but... I was done with that stuff anyway, so it's no big deal. Um, all I have left to do is online stuff. Because I wanted to go back and get the plat for GTA V. Uh, I only have a few trophies left, but it is a hell of a grind to get to online level 100. And there's a couple things in it that I still have to do that are miscellaneous. Anyway, um, I wish I could say it's it was better than it is, but, like, I don't know. Like, it's... I really don't like it. it. It's it's hard to, like, really describe all the reasons why, because I think there's many. I think it has a lot good going for it, but the stuff that it does have going for it that is good was already in GTA V to begin with. The world is great. The... Radio is great. Just all the gameplay they crafted and the world that they crafted for the single player in that game is still in the online. And okay. it's good. And that it's yeah. fun to fuck around in regardless. However, um, there is fun stuff to do in GTA Online. There's lots of fun races. There's fun multiplayer modes. Uh, the heists, when you can actually pull them off, are often fun. The thing that's bad about GTA Online, though, is its economy, probably first and foremost, and other players, second. Let's talk about that first one, though. Okay. Um, so I, in repurchasing GTA 5, got the... Uh, 
I don't know, it's like called like the Platinum Online Edition or something, and this has something in it called the Criminal Enterprise Starter Pack for GTA Online. This gives you a free uh, CEO office, a free motorcycle club you can buy, a free... I think hangar for airplanes. I haven't fucked around with that yet. Um, and this is good. This is good and necessary uh, because these things can cost a lot of money. In-game currency is kind of fucked in GTA Online. Most things like this cost millions to start up. And... Even then, like even me with my uh, advantages by having these things for free, have still had to pump in millions and millions of dollars that I got from doing jobs in the world. And also, uh, if you're on PS4, you get a million dollars every month until it comes out on PS5, apparently. Uh, that helped a lot. But, you know, for a player that has none of these things, it would be extremely difficult and a huge, long-ass grind to get, you know, a million dollars to buy a motorcycle club location. And then once you have that, it's like, okay, what does your million dollars get you? Well, you get access to do motorcycle jobs. How much do those pay out? Ah, 20000 per job, basically. Maybe you could do it with a couple friends. And then you get yeah. a little bit more. It's not that good, though, is it? Um, no. All right, so let's see. Oh, you can manage businesses with that. So that's where this comes into play. That's where your million dollars pays off. Oh, wait, you have to buy those businesses, too. So right now, I have a counterfeit cash business. The way that this gameplay thing works is you need to get supplies and then wait for them to make it into product counterfeit cash in this instance there's also like a weed farm and making meth and making coke and a bunch of other illegal activities uh that you could imagine it's gta uh and i think they all function pretty much the same uh you have to you can either buy supplies for a lot of money or steal supplies for free but you have to do a little mission to to do it most of those are easy but if there are other players in the world with you which on GTA Online, there often will be, uh, your run for supplies can get stolen or destroyed from you by players looking to troll. And often players looking to troll are way richer than you and way higher level than you, and they will have some ridiculous contraption like a flying motorcycle that shoots missiles and just zip to your location and shoot you, and you have no chance, and now your run is a failure Jesus Christ. Uh, for this reason, I often try to be in a session by myself. However, these missions technically aren't supposed to be able to be done in a session by yourself. So you kind of just have to luck into it. Maybe by having a combination of shitty internet and everyone leaving your session and leaving you alone. This is a possibility, at least. It's happened to me several times because GTA Online seems less than stable. Uh, I've had very many sessions where I just get massive amounts of this player left, this player left, this player left, this player left. 
on the left side of my screen <laughs> as everyone except yeah. me leaves this uh, server. Uh, and I'm like, and, and that's uh, ooh, yay! Now I can do the motorcycle missions <laughs> in my head and grind some cash out. Uh, Jesus Christ! But like, all that is kind of frustrating because you know. So, what other ways do you have to make cash in this game? Because doing anything fun requires money. You want to do the casino missions and unlock the casino heist? Well, you better have a million dollars to buy a VIP room at the casino, and then you have to spend more money to start the heists. You can get a lot of money out of those heists, and you can keep redoing them, but this also requires you to have friends most of the time that are willing to help you with this shit, so they are also having to be willing to put up with the monetary hell that is GTA's online's economy. So yeah. good luck with that. Um, there are a lot of people that play GTA Online, but dealing with randoms is cursed. Um, you will often try to do a heist, but someone won't know what they're doing. That someone could be you, and ah, you fuck up. And then, uh, shit. <laughs> and that'll happen a lot, because you're dealing with randoms, you're not able to talk to them very much. Uh, not everyone has a mic. Not everyone has stable internet connections. Uh, there's a lot that can go wrong when dealing with randoms. Ideally, playing GTA Online, you want a crew of four people that is willing to help you grind, which I feel is kind of unlikely. Maybe everybody can grind together, but I don't know. I'm excited for the new content update, which has a heist you can do solo, which... It's ironic that I'm excited for that, because this is an online game, but I digress. So, why is it like this? Well, it's pretty obvious why. It's because you can buy money with in GTA with real money that you have in real life. You can buy shark cards in the PlayStation Store or any storefront that you're playing the game on and uh, go ahead and turn your money into GTA money and boom, now you can buy that expensive VIP office. A million dollars in-game is something like, uh, I want to say $30 in real life. So... GTA Online is not free. I really want to emphasize that GTA Online costs money to buy because it's part of GTA 5. Now, GTA 5 is very worth it to buy. It's a great game that I recommend you play, the story mode. But, like, online being a part of that means that you already have to pay for the game, and then there's microtransactions in it in the form of this. Not to mention the fact that there is a casino where, ostensibly, you could take your real money, put it into GTA money, tr turn it into casino chips, and gamble in an attempt to get more money out of your money, and then potentially lose to the online gambling that is in this game. Um, kids shouldn't be playing GTA, but they do. 
It's very popular. It's kind of that Call of Duty problem, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you have a game that a lot of kids play even though they shouldn't. And it has microtransaction hell in it. I find it very predatory. I find it very unfortunate. And it's it's really ironic and hypocritical when the in-game world of GTA 5 is very critical of uh, <laughs> products like this that it has itself turned into. They, they, they constantly make fun of a game called Righteous Slaughter 7, which they make fun of, like, for having microtransactions and for being a Call of Duty. Uh, they advertise shark cards on the radio in the game and make fun of uh, how greedy banks are and how credit cards are fucking terrible. But then they themselves have taken those fictional products of shark cards and made them real. And you could purchase them with real money to get money in the game. And it kind of feels like the most hypocritical thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, not, not to mention everything I've said thus far is made all the worse by the fact that <sighs> how do I how do I put this best you've played GTA 4 right Justin yes you know how Roman would constantly call you and say Nico you want to go bowling and it would be like every hour and that was one of the most like criticized aspects of that game the friends calling you, asking you to do dumb shit that you didn't want to do. Right? You remember that, right? Mm hmm GTA Online is that, except it happens constantly, and it's characters in the game asking you things like, hey, uh, just wanted to see if you wanted to buy that airplane hangar. Hey, just wanted to see if you wanted to buy this thing to do the Doomsday Heist. Hey, just wanted to see if you wanted to buy this thing. Constantly. Constantly reminding you and pestering you to buy the other stuff. That costs millions and millions of GTA money. So, not only does the game have the exorbitant cost to do anything in it and the massive amount of grinding to get anything resembling uh, a profit. It also literally has people call you constantly to tell you and nag you to buy the things. It's just not great. It's really unfortunate that it's like this. If, if and when... They make GTA 6. I hope they treat the online far differently than they did here. But I'm worried that it will be even worse in GTA 6 now that it seems many key creatives at Rockstar have fucked off and left the company. Um, all the main writers, uh, Laszlo, who, who uh, helped write all the funny radio and talk show shit uh like 
a lot of these people are just gone, and I'm worried that all that will remain is the sentiment that made GTA Online one of the most annoying experiences you can have <laughs> that contains most things that are wrong with modern video games in it. Uh, and it's such a shame because it's it's all under that paint job of GTA 5, which is a good paint job, but it's on top of, like, a fucking Ford Pinto. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's bad. As soon as I get to level 100, I am deleting it. <laughs> uh, there are ways to have fun, but you kind of have to make them for yourself. And if you want to accomplish anything, you got to spend way too much money, maybe even of your own actual money. I don't recommend it. Yeah, that's I'd, about I'd it. I'm sorry for ranting, but it, it does upset me to see my it's one sad, of my favorite man. franchises kind of come to this. Really sad. It really is, right? Because like, yeah, I've been so much more than just fucking over monetized trash. But here we are. I also feel like it kind of robbed us of any story DLC that could have happened. Like, I understand them shifting gears because GTA Online got really popular. Uh, people stream it every day. People make YouTube videos about it every day. But, like, GTA 4 had some of the best story DLC I've ever seen in, out of a video game, so I was extremely excited to see what they would do with GTA 5. Like, if it could even come close to being as good as, like, the Ballad of Gay Tony, it was gonna be fucking dynamite. But they never did it. Because they just kept making crap in GTA Online. And it's crap that doesn't even fit GTA anymore. Like like these fucking jetpacks and alien costumes and rocket bikes and ridiculous shit that like would probably feel more at home with Saints Row are in GTA now because they keep trying to have new shit for the online. And into the realm of ridiculousness. Yeah. So you have a character like Lester who, like, makes these heists in GTA V, and, like, you know, you talk with him with, like, Michael and Trevor about pulling the big one, which is, like, robbing a bank, or robbing, like, the federal depository, right? And, uh... In GTA Online, you do way crazier shit with him. Way crazier. Like, they up the ante so much that it, like, kind of undermines GTA V's story in a couple ways. Uh, it's unfortunate. Anyway, I was done talking about GTA Online. Uh, there is a lot of fun to be had in it, but, like, it's few and far between when most of it's frustrating. Um, yeah. I will be done playing it the instant I am level 100. I am going to check out this new update that adds a new island to the game and new radio stations and a heist you can do solo, apparently, but if the payouts for it are shit, it's just going to be symptomatic of what this game has become. So I don't know. Ooh, I played a good game, though. Uh, Fuser. Hell from, yeah. From Harmonix. Uh, you played this at PAX or something, right? 
I did. I played this back at PAX uh, in April. Right before coronavirus got... Right, okay. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Harmonix had a giant booth for it. It was super cool. Got to try out a little demo of the game. A quick little session. Cool. It was really neat. Uh, I love the I love the concept of it. Where you uh, get to like mix all these songs and stuff, and I like how they weave in like different stuff to do while you're doing that. It's really fascinating. But you've been playing the actual game. I have. So what do you think so far? It's good. Um, now here's the, here's the thing. Uh, it's easy to look at this game and just see it as a shit post maker. And oh boy, can it be a shit post maker? Because the the songs that they have chosen to be in this game that you can mash up are gloriously memeable songs. Uh, you can make cursed mashups galore with stuff like All Star and Never Gonna Give You Up and Killing in the Name of Symphony of Destruction is in here. And, like, it's pitched up to fit the tempo of other songs. And Dave Mustaine sounds like he's on helium. It's great. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Okay. Uh, so, but, like, this game is, like, if you approach it a little more seriously and are, like, actually trying to make, like, a good mix and have fun with it, it actually kind of jams. Now, you can make cursed shit if you want, and I often do because it's really funny. But if you're actually going through the game and just trying to do good, it's actually quite fun. It's really hard to get used to because uh, the basically the way it works is you have several tracks at the top of your screen, and the buttons are mapped to the individual tracks of each song. I think they all have four and it's like basically like this changes from song to song, but it's basically the rock band instruments, right? Drums, yeah. guitar, bass, vocals. Some songs have different things like, you know, for can I can I kick it? There's like record scratches are one of the uh, instruments you could put into mixes and stuff. So, you know, you're kind of like picking and choosing. Like, let me take the drums from Take On Me, plop it in there. Let me take the bass from, I don't know, Rock the Casbah. Let me take, like, the uh, fucking violin sounds, the string instruments from Call Me Maybe. And then we'll top that all off with X Gonna Give It To You on vocals. You know what I mean? And you just, like, yeah. shove all that together. But you have to constantly introduce new stuff to the mix. And as the game progresses in its, like, I guess you could say story mode, you learn new tricks and new things to do, like uh, slapping tracks down, like the four discs at the bottom of the screen, on the downbeat gets you more points. And then listening to audience requests gets you more points. Like, you'll see, like, a little word bubble, and it'll say... Something like, oh, man, I got to hear a song from the 80s. So you got to, like, go up to the top and find a song from the 80s and put in something from that in the mix. And you can do all kinds of stuff. You can uh, put 
more than one of a single instrument in there. Like you can like have all drums if you want to just make something really weird sounding. And some of that could be requests too. Like it could be like have, have only three discs play for a little bit or have two drum tracks play for a little bit or have two rap tracks play for a little bit. And you know, this is how you generate points. You have to kind of like listen to requests and like your challenges on the right side of the screen too. And then as it goes, it introduces more gameplay mechanics to you. Things like muting individual tracks, things like uh, coming in on the downbeat, things like coming in when the vocal track would start and stuff like that. Like you get like a little indication of where the singer will start singing. Plop the track down right there and it'll sound a little more natural and like... That gets you more points. And constantly switching up your mix is what will get you five stars. I am not good at it yet. I have not been able to get five stars on a single uh, event. But uh, I'm getting better. It's really hard to time. It's really hard to get used to. But with a little practice, it kind of genuinely feels like a great rhythm game. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that people aren't talking about it as much. Uh, I, this will probably be a huge victim of Twitch's new policies if, if regarding music. Because it's all licensed songs. And it's, it's, a, it's like a DMCA disaster, this game. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can't even stream. Uh, probably impossible now. But you can make mixes yourself and upload them. Uh, it lets you. So, I don't know. I'm going to do that. Because you have, like, a freestyle mode. Uh, the game has 100 songs in it. So that's more than enough to play with. But they're releasing DLC just like Rock Band did. I think it's $2 a song. I'll probably buy a couple. I saw Buddy Holly was available. I kind of want Buddy Holly to throw into mixes. That sounds fun. Uh, Bring Me to Life is available. I might get that just to be more cursed. Need to be more cursed. Uh, the characters and, like, the world of it are terrible. Uh, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, cringy, like, Guitar Hero cutscenes from, like, Guitar Hero, like, 3 and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, it's cringe, but it's whatever. Um, that's not, like, the important part of the game anyway. It's really fun. Uh, check that out when it's not sixty dollars. Uh, I kind of got it as like half of a Christmas present, so like I can't complain. But uh, yeah. Other than that, I got the Platinum Mafia one, which I don't have a lot to say about that, other than it was fucking hard. And uh, <laughs> that's about all I have to say about that. Fuck that race. Fuck that race to death. Whose idea was that race? Why? All right, I'm done talking about that. Got anything okay, else cool. you want to talk about before we... Uh... I've not done shit ourselves. So I think we should get into the movie. We probably should, looking at the time here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This is The Hobbit. Battle of my <laughs> five remaining brain cells. Uh... This was released in December of 2014, a year after the last Hobbit movie, capping off the trilogy 
with the worst of the whole lot. Possibly the worst film Peter Jackson's ever made. I haven't seen every single Peter Jackson movie, but I'm willing to just say that. And it's probably true. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. But the gulf between this and Return of the King is pretty huge. Massive. It's like the difference between a 10 and a 5. It's a pretty big gap. Now, uh, I believe we mentioned this before, but I will talk about it again. Third film of this trilogy was originally set to be titled The Hobbit There and Back Again. That was the title originally of the second of two Hobbit films when Guillermo del Toro was still in charge. The film's title was changed only eight months before its release by Peter Jackson. This is a quote from him regarding that change. There and Back Again felt like the right name for the second of a two-film telling of the quest to reclaim Erebor, when Bilbo's arrival there and departure were both contained within the second film. But with three movies, it suddenly felt misplaced. After all, Bilbo has already arrived there in the desolation of Smog. I kind of agree with him, but Battle of the Five Armies is a shit title. And I wish they chose something different. Yeah. Awful. I they were back again. I don't... I, it would have been it fine. Really... It would have been fine, I think. Yeah. That, there's no, yeah. like, reason to change it. It's a horrible title. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I don't no. know. I don't know where to start here. I guess yeah. what we've been doing, re- like with the past couple, is like, what do you like? What do you dislike? Uh, there's a, obviously an extensive amount to dislike. I want to start a little more positive. Okay. What do you got for me? What do you like about the movie? Um, I like the uh, the little uh. The kind of like battle for Thorin's soul thing that goes on during this movie, I think, is pretty cool. The dragon sickness. Yeah. I wish there was more to it, but I kind of agree yeah, with too. you. Because it kind of feels like him getting over it seemed a little easy. And it That's just happens. Problem. Yeah. Like he's just like, he just kind of like goes in a room and goes like, oh, wait, I am a stupid dumbass. And then just like decides not to be a stupid dumbass anymore. I wish, like, something, like, you need something to make that feel more natural. You need, like, maybe something actually bad happens as a result of his actions directly that affects him. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, God. And, or or maybe, like, one of the, like, you know, if you're going to have one of the dwarves die, maybe it's, like, as a direct result of his actions. And he's like, fuck, I cannot believe I did this. And then he finally changes. Like, Cause he really, he's really unlikable for the majority of this movie. They yeah, fucking horrible. I mean, like I know that that's part of the storyline of the character that he becomes overwhelmed with the greed, like just I guess embedded in the foundations of Erebor. But whatever, I I don't know how the lore works. And just like 
Was it there already, or or was it there because of smog? Because they call it dragon sickness, but like his grandfather was also a greedy prick because of the Arkenstone. So is it because of the Arkenstone or because of smog? Ah, uh, I honestly have no idea. Is it just because like, of everything? Yeah, these just because of the the sheer weight of it all. All right. I think it's acted well, and like I particularly find chilling the scene early on when Smog is attacking Lake Town, and it just cuts to Bilbo looking at Thorin, and he's just looking at Erebor. He doesn't give a shit about Lake Town burning right on the other side of his peripheral vision. That's a chilling little moment. It is, for sure. But, like, they make him even worse than he was in the book because you have the addition of Bard going like, hey... You literally promised to give us our fair share of treasure and you're not doing that and you're being greedy about it. And Thorin's like, fuck you. And I like I understand him being icy towards Thranduil because they have a history. And that history was Thranduil not coming to their aid in their time of need when Smog showed up. Right. But um Bard helped him out mostly. Yeah, uh, a lot of time helped. A him. lot of like, like hating Bard is fucked up. <laughs> Bard is like the most likable person ever. He's literally just a family guy, and <laughs> he's 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 a family guy. Hey, Lois. Uh, he uh, oh, no, nah, he like uh, that's not how I meant to say it. That's funny. He literally kills the dragon that you failed to kill as well, by the way. Yeah. Like, Smog was probably going to come back and torch all the dwarves after he killed Lake Town. Literally. I am most likely. He just wanted them to watch it burn, but he was going to come back to his treasure hoard. So, Thorin's stupid. Thorin real big dumb in this movie. He real big dumb. What else you like about it? Um. God. <laughs> Are we already hitting the wall? There's only well, one I'm, thing. That's that's all I can think. I mean, I mean I'll like, tell you. The same as the other movies. Like, I like the relationship and the conclusion of it between Bilbo and Thorin. Uh, I think they yeah. do it really well. And, like, Battle of the Five Armies should not make me emotional because for the majority of it, it's really terrible. But Thorin's death and then Bilbo, like, being super fucking sad about it and crying and, like, whimpering is really fucking done really well. It is. Because you do get, like, a sense that, like, if it focused more on them and less on the bad extraneous bullshit, this could have been really incredible. Um, fan edits of The Hobbit are probably lit because they cut out stuff like Radagast and um, the elf love triangle and just focus on, like, you know, Bilbo and the dwarves. Uh, like, one of my favorite moments in all three of these happens at the very end when Bilbo gets back 
and like stops like his property from being auctioned off because they presumed him dead and uh that's a funny moment but then like the part i really like is that one guy looks at the contract and says who is this thorin and like bilbo like says he 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 was my friend and it's like so heartfelt it's such a simple line but like martin freeman delivers it really well he's just so good man yeah he's just really good that like that it just it hammered it home and made it actually feel sad it made the events of the battle of the five armies feel sad to me like i actually felt genuine emotion and i'm like that's why you can't write off these movies outright, which sucks. Cause like, it'd be so much easier if I could just say, fuck the Hobbit movies, <laughs> but I can't cause there's a lot of good stuff in them. They're just brought down by this fucking garbage that's in it, which, um, I guess we'll ta- start talking about the garbage cause the positives are basically over. That's it. That's, that's the long and short of it. Literally two fucking things. Ugh. <sighs> I uh I don't know. Give me your give me your right, big right. big so hatred, Justin. You get a lot of big war scenes in this like right off the bat, dude. Like everything looks like shit. It looks like ass <laughs> shit. It looks like piss fuck. I can't goddamn stand it. I don't Yeah, the CGI in this one is the weakest of the three. It's really bad. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot a lot of it. I understand it was hard and really expensive to do what they did in movies. Yeah. But, like, man, just do that again. Oh, it would have been so much better. (sighs) It looks like shit constantly. All the war scenes just look horrible. I mean, all the CGI looks terrible, which I think I'll, I'll use that to transition into this. As far as new characters go, we really only have one. And that is Billy Connolly as Dane, the uh, dwarf from the Iron Hills, I think. He's another, he's like Thorin's cousin who didn't come with him on the journey, but is here now to help defend their home or whatever. So Billy Connolly is a Scottish comedian. He's he's known for appearances in like the Boondock Saints movies and his distinctive Scottish voice. You know, uh, I think of his character from uh, Pixar's Brave. You know, uh, now Dane is entirely CGI, which is strange, considering that there is behind the scenes features that have shown Connolly being on set, wearing the full costume and prosthetics. Uh, I think this decision seems to be rooted in much of Dane's scenes being reworked late in the process. And uh, that would have necessitated some reshoots for Billy Connolly, and he may have been unavailable due to health issues. So they just have a CGI Billy Connolly dwarf man, and it looks fucking terrible. Yeah, I didn't know the Um, reason why. So that's that's I honestly sucks. would have rather had them like use less of Dane and work with what they had or recast him outright than have this CGI monstrosity. It looks terrible. His character design is good. I like that he rides like a pig and he looks like a, a cool dwarf design. But like 
I, it just, it's so fucking weird looking. It, the effect has not aged well at all. This was 2014, so CGI has gotten a little better. But, like, God, it, it's just, it gives me that, like, uncanny valley feeling that you get when you watch, like, Rogue One and you see, like, the CGI Peter Cushing. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God, that should not be. But, but right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, like, it's like you recoil in horror at the CGI that you're seeing. That's not what you want the reaction to be. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. It's just like, it's it's so terrible. And uh, I don't know. I think the battle is handled very poorly. Uh, uh, let me let me uh, let me pick your brain about this. So, like, okay, go for it. In in the Hobbit, the dwarves and the elves hate each other. Therefore, in the Hobbit movies, like they hate each other at the beginning and the end of the book. They're, they're just kind of like mutual enemies. Uh you don't really get any reconciliation about that until the Lord of the Rings when Legolas and Gimli are like, nah, we're cool. Uh, you know, and I think it's supposed to be like a real world, uh, allegory for like people coming together in world war two to fight the Nazis or maybe even world war one stuff. Cause you know, Tolkien lived through that very realistically and I mean, he claims that, like, you know, that it that stuff didn't impact his work as much as some people say. But, you know, if, if you're looking at it from that perspective, I get it. You know, you have the former, like, countries that may hate each other otherwise band together to fight a common enemy. And then they realize that, like, well, maybe they're not so different after all. That's yeah. cool and fine, but that stuff doesn't happen till Lord of the Rings. And that's, like, you know, cemented in stone in the movies because you have a brief scene in Fellowship where Legolas says, fuck you, Gimli, or whatever. <laughs> He's like, dwarves yeah. suck, or whatever. So you have to have Legolas still be racist by the end of The Hobbit. So, therefore, he has no character development as far as that goes. Neither does Thranduil. The only one that really does is uh, Girl Elf. Why can't I remember Girl Elf's name? Evangeline Lily Elf uh, has, like, the, the love triangle thing, but it's d dumb in its own right. So, like, the whole battle happens, and, like, I thought they were going to go ahead and just be like, all right, so they were ready to fight to the death over the mountain. But now that the orcs show up, they kind of fight together on the same battlefield, and they kind of, like, find some common ground and, like, I thought we were going to get scenes of like dwarves and elves kind of chilling and being like, maybe we're not so bad after all, but they don't because they try to like maintain that continuity with Lord of the Rings. And it kind of just makes it all feel hollow and bad. Like if you're going to like expand these stories so much, you need to have a little more nuance to it. Because it just kind of feels like there's no resolution to this tension between the dwarves and the elves in the Hobbit movies. There, there can't be. Because there, there can't. can't be, but it feels right. like there should be because of the amount that they're focusing on it. You know what I mean? 
but there isn't. So I guess what I would ask you is, should there have been, I think there should have been, <laughs> like, I realize that would have shit on Lord of the Rings' plot a little bit, but they already do that left and right throughout this fucking movie, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. It, it's weird. It's just the fo- the focus of this movie is all, yeah. it's all wrong. It is. I feel like Bilbo's barely in it when he should still be the main character, right? Yeah. It just he feels like God, it feels like a side character. A little bit. In all of this. Like it's just so much of everything else. Yeah. And stuff that doesn't go anywhere, like the uh the elf subplot. So they added a love story that doesn't go anywhere because the elf and the dwarf don't even fucking kiss. They don't even do anything. They just say that, like, you know, hey, maybe we could. Nah, you should go be with your own people, and I got my own thing to do. Yeah, but, like, what if, though? And then then, then Dwarf die. So, like, that doesn't even lead to anything. I thought that that was, like, when I was first watching these, that, like, that was going to be their way to have some kind of, like resolution to the dwarf and elf tension. Like, oh, well, if these two are actually in love and they're like, well, fuck our, you know, you know, do the Romeo and Juliet thing, fuck our family histories, then maybe that would be a way for both sides to see that they were wrong in this big conflict. But no. To maintain continuity, I guess. Dwarf die. Elf lady sad. Yeah, and and then like you get one of the worst lines in the movie when Thranduil comes up to her, and she's like, "Why does it hurt so much?" And he's like, "Because it was real." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Which like, I it's think they thought they bro, thought it was way cringe. better than what it is, but like. It's like there's no resolution to even that plot line. Like, he straight up says, you are banished from my realm, bitch. You are not allowed to come back because you have some fling with a dwarf and you disobeyed my orders. Get out of here, bitch. And then, like, he has this, like, moment with her where he, like, acknowledges that her love for the dwarf was was real and true. So, like, is everything forgiven? There's no resolution to that because we never yeah. see her again. That's right, and, and like... There can't, because there can't be. <laughs> and we can't because she's not in Lord of the Rings. So, you know. Right. There can't be a resolution. That's, like, that's the problem. How do you interpret lines knowing you cannot resolve them? Yeah. Uh, Radagast is also not in Lord of the Rings, but there's no, like, I thought that he would die or something, but, like, no, he's just, like, I guess he's just fucking doing his own shit and smoking weed in the woods with some squirrels while Sauron is fucking laying waste to people in Lord of the Rings. The fuck, Radagast? Why don't you get that fucking werebear motherfucker and your jackrabbits and come help out, my guy? You need more than one wizard. You got Saruman fucking shit up and Isengard, like, come on. But <laughs> but no, he just gets deleted from the plot because 
he was only shoehorned into this one. So, oops. <laughs> oops, we created a plot hole just because. Thanks for that one. I... <laughs> Not to mention they fucking do this, this the Sauron stuff. Yeah, which is like, uh, oh, it's already we talked about this. Yeah, like, but it continues. Yeah, mega contradictory to what like starts as. So I, like, I guess that doesn't fucking what help we any. have to believe is canon is that Gandalf, Galadriel, and Elrond are okay. With Saruman just saying, I'll go fuck up Sauron, don't worry about it. And they're like, okay, and they just leave. And then Saruman goes to fuck up Sauron, but then instead, I guess, makes a deal with him. And it's like, hey, 60 years from now, I'll be your dude. We gonna work together. Because I feel like you're gonna win, and these wizards and other people aren't gonna do it. So, all right. We cool Sauron? Alright. And, like, I guess that's what we're led to assume happens? And then, like, Saruman just lies to everybody and says, Nah, I took care of Sauron. Don't worry about it. And they're like, but what did you do? And he's like, Ah, I took care of Sauron. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, just nobody talks about it that whole 60 years? Nobody worries about it? Nobody wonders like, about yeah. it for 60 years. They just assume Saruman did it. It's good. Everything's fine. <sighs> I can't stand it. Yeah. Get to like... Hmm. And then you just like... I don't know. There's moments that are so bad that I laughed out loud. Like, we could talk about like Legolas. Legolas. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, Like, dude. Legolas? Everything a Legolas does? Look. Like everything? Look. The easy thing to laugh at is Legolas climbing up that crumbling bridge. But I feel like the one that offended me more <laughs> this time around was him flying on that winged beast and hanging yeah. down off of it and decapitating, I want to say, a hundred orcs at once. <laughs> While hanging off of that thing, he just, like, puts his swords to the side and just goes, like, blah, 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 blah. Like he's using a fucking, like like he's a fucking dynasty warriors game and he just takes out the whole army himself. It's incredible. You know what? That's ex yeah. That's exactly what all of this reminds me of. Little You're bit. right. Little bit. Like it, it's so funny to me that there's this big moment where like everybody's like like the dwarves are getting fucked and the elves are getting fucked and then Thorin and his like 10 dwarves come out and rally everyone and I'm like you tell me these 10 dudes came out and started fucking people up and it was enough for the entire armies to go like, hey, we're good now. Just these ten people. Like, moments like that didn't happen in Lord of the Rings. If they did, the amount of people was, like, way larger that showed up to help. Like, it wasn't just that Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas came back. They came back with a fucking ghost army that fucked shit up. Like... <laughs> It literally deleted everything. Yeah, like, you know, Gandalf shows up with 
a big fucking army of elves at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Like, it's not just Gandalf. Just Gandalf can't take out the whole army. But in this, it's kind of like, yeah, Thorin and all the other dwarf characters come out and they're like, and they like take out the whole fucking orc army. All right, so um, I want to talk about the extended edition real quick. You watched theatrical again, I assume. Yes, I did. So, what's what's different? The extended. A lot. Um, I would actually say, while this still remains easily the worst of the three, the extended edition is the best of the three as far as just what gets added. Because for the first one, it didn't add much that I cared about. For the second one, it added that bad Thrain plot that sucked, and that was about it. For this one, it adds, I think, a significant amount of things that really improve the movie, but not enough. But it does improve the movie. Um, I have a list of things that got added. So... The Rescue of Gandalf by Galadriel, Elrond, and Saruman has several additional moments and shots that actually improve the scene significantly. Uh, That scene is terrible in the theatrical cut. Uh, I think it's terrible conceptually, no matter what. Just because the fact that this is happening in The Hobbit is ludicrous. But they give you a lot more fight scenes and moments with Elrond fucking people up and Saruman fucking people up. And they have a lot more impact, and they're a lot more dynamic in this version of the scene. It wasn't as bad as I remember, I think specifically because I was watching this version of the scene. Uh, You get a conversation between Bilbo and Bofur before before Bilbo sneaks off to give the Arkenstone to Thranduil. And this kind of mirrors his conversation with him in Hobbit 1 where Bilbo was about to sneak off and go back to the Shire because he feels like he's like not part of the company in the first Hobbit movie. Yeah. And that was a conversation with the same dwarf. And now they're having a very similar conversation, but both, but their reactions are a little different in that one. In the first one, Bofur was like, no, don't go. And then in this one, Bofur is like, I wouldn't blame you if you did, because shit's fucked up now. And Bilbo is still, like, feels like he's part of the company and does what he's doing for Thorin's own goodwill and comes back to tell him it and all that shit. So, like, I think that's a good addition and one that I'm surprised isn't in the finished product because it feels important and cyclical, like connecting it back to the first movie. That's nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, the, the titular battle uh, features many additions that do indeed improve the whole thing from an action perspective, not from a story perspective. <laughs> uh, Bofur gets to control a giant creature. Like, he jumps on it and, like, controls the reins. He gets, like, a Chewbacca controlling a walker moment from uh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Uh, he takes out tons of orcs. Overall... The fighting is way more brutal. We see tons of orcs, dwarves, and elves brutalized and crushed completely. Uh, there's several brief moments of blood and gore, actually. Uh, now, it's kind of shocking and kind of fun, but it feels kind of 
gratuitous. Um, I do love gory scenes in movies, and Peter Jackson made possibly the best gory horror film of all time with yeah. Brain Dead, aka Dead Alive. But it feels out of place in The Hobbit, especially considering like the other five films didn't feel it necessary to have orc decapitations come with upstream of blood or dismemberment happening. Uh, not to mention this is supposed to be an adaptation of a book for children. (laughs) These alterations make it so that the extended edition is actually rated R as opposed to PG 13. Um, they feel kind of out of place. I did not expect them. I forgot that this was rated R. I, I had heard that before and wondered why. And I found out because there's like when when orcs get decapitated, there's blood and dismemberment and violence. And it's not a lot. It, it makes me question why they went ahead and did it, though. Uh, so it's weird. Uh, Dane actually gets to talk to Thorin briefly before Thorin goes off to fight Azog. I always felt this was missing because, like, they have a connection and we don't ever get to see them talk. Right. Uh, Thorin rides ahead on a goat while some other dwarves follow him on a chariot pulled by goats. Uh, This sequence, despite the unnecessary gore that goes with it, is really quite exciting and good. It kind of reminds me of the barrel scene from the second film. It's weird that they cut it. Uh, is any of this still in the theatrical? Because I actually don't remember. No. Yeah, it's like really an exciting like chase sequence where they're riding this chariot uh, and shooting orcs. That's right, I said shooting. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> from the chariot as they're uh, chasing after Thorin, who's going ahead. You know, it's it's showing them getting to wherever Azog was. I forget the name of the location, and and I feel like it's weird that they cut that because like it explains how they fucking got there because it's a long way away. In in the theatrical, I think they just kind of like do a Game of Thrones teleport where it's just like, oh, they're there now. Yeah, is is that kind of how they do it? Okay, so this actually shows them getting there, which makes sense. Um, Bilbo still does a Game of Thrones teleport where he's like, I'll go warn Thorin. They won't and see walks. me. And he just runs with the ring on, I guess. Like, <laughs> they had to ride goats and like this and shit to get there. And, and there's like fucking ice that cracks. And like, Bilbo would have had a hell of a time trying to get there. Uh, but anyway, um, the thing that bothers me about this scene and maybe why it was cut is like there's a fucking turret gun on the chariot and it doesn't make any sense. There's attempts to make it seem like a fucking medieval device, but I don't know what they're shooting that would make any sense. It's not like a crossbow turret gun. It's it's like a turret gun turret gun. It's like they're shooting like bullets at the orcs. And like I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know like I it makes no sense to me that they're shooting. 
<laughs> it's it's really confusing. You kind of get lost in the scene and just like the stupid stuff that happens in it. Happens in it. You kind of just roll with. Besides that, I just got really distracted with it and was like, "How the fuck is there a mounted turret gun in the Hobbit? Are you fucking serious? Yes. What?" Now, the most important change, in my opinion, is we actually get to find out the fate of Alfred, uh, who we haven't talked about yet. Alfred is fucking terrible in this movie. Alfred is like the worst part of all three. Um, He gets some terrible scenes in this one. Uh, That super cringy bit where he's wearing a dress... And he has the gold in, like, the breast part of the dress. And he, like, shifts them up. And, like, his jiggly yeah. coin tits. And, like, Bard's, like, your slip is showing. And then, like, the audience doesn't laugh because it's not funny. And, and like, it's it's all terrible. It's a terrible character written to be terrible, but written terribly at the same time. It's kind of convoluted, but I think you understand yeah. what I mean. Oh, you're right, though. You're... Um, so, in the theatrical cut, I think that's the last you see of Alfred. When Bard tells him his slip is showing, and he runs off. Is that the last you see of Alfred? Yeah. That's... Okay. I am very pleased to tell you about this bit, then. Because I was pretty sure it wasn't in the theatrical, because I did not remember this. I would have remembered it. So, we get a scene where Alfred is getting chased by a giant beast after that bit. And he's like, oh shit. And he's like, you know, he's, he's not like, he's, he's being weighed down by the weight of the gold breasts and shit of the dress. And he like, can't get away. Meanwhile, Gandalf is trying to fight this beast and you get a dumb scene where he's trying to use, uh, Radagast's staff? I don't know if that moment's even in. Did Radagast give him his staff in the theatrical? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess Gandalf's staff got broken in Desolation of Smog, so Radagast says, does, here, yeah. you need this more than me, where you're going. And he says, wait, it doesn't work that well. You kind of got to wiggle the tip. And I'm like, oh, God, are they really? Are they saying that? Okay, whatever. Anyway, so... Um, Gandalf has trouble using it and is not able to actually successfully kill this thing. What kills it is Alfred uh, ends up landing on a catapult and a single coin falls out of his gold-filled tits and it lands on the firing mechanism of the catapult. And the catapult launches Alfred straight into the beast's mouth. And his like legs dangle out. And uh, th- this kills both of them. This kills the beast and Alfred. And then it like lands and like coins spill out of the beast's mouth. And Gandalf just stares at it and goes, well, that was fucking weird. He doesn't say that, but like that's what his look conveys to me. Um, and I cheered <laughs> because fuck Alfred. Alfred sucks ass. I'm glad they at least killed the shit out of him in the extended edition. It's fucking hella. <laughs> and only a way that the fucking Hobbit would kill. 
Yeah, it's very stupid. He doesn't just die. He has to die in a weird way like this. Oh, another weird moment. In the middle of a fight scene, uh, Biffer, who is the uh, dwarf with an axe in his fucking head, uh, the axe gets stuck in an orc. And, like, his head is stuck to an orc. So, Bomber, the really fat dwarf, like, jumps off a cliff while holding the orc and pops him off of uh, Biffer, but it removes the axe from Biffer's head. And, like, one of the other dwarves, I think the one with the hat, goes up to him and goes, like, dude, your axe came out! And he, like, reaches up to the top of his head and there's, like, a big gaping hole, but he's like, oh my god, like, it's scarred over by now. Uh, And Bomber goes and gets the axe bit and hands it back to him and says, here you go, cousin, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Biffer throws the axe away and sa- like like it says something like rude because he's like, I can't believe you would give me this back that like got stuck in my head. Like, I don't want it anymore. I didn't want it stuck in my head in the first place. And that was actually a good, funny bit with an underutilized character that I wish was in the theatrical cut. Maybe instead of a Legolas scene or seven. Uh, oh, God. And something I cannot believe isn't in the theatrical cut is Thor and Feely and Keeley's funeral. It's just not. It, it makes it weird, because like, Bilbo just leaves. And... Like, yeah. like, it's just like, well, this is over, I guess. Bye. Like, uh, you know, Bilbo goes to the funeral and says stuff in this version. And I'm like, yeah, that feels a little more complete. Um, we also see Dane get crowned as king under the mountain, which does answer a question I originally had after watching the theatrical cut. Like, well, who is the king under the mountain now that Thorin's dead? They just make Dane the king of the mountain. Not the best answer, because Dane didn't go on this journey with them and Dane kind of just showed up at the end of this fucking movie. Like it's an unsatisfying answer to that question, but at least it's answered. It isn't answered in the theatrical version. Overall, I guess I would actually highly recommend the extended edition because it has easily the best editions of all three of the extended hobbits. However, the movie itself can't be fixed by this. It's still easily the worst of the trilogy, as well as the entire Middle-Earth saga. Mm-hmm. It, it clearly is. Yeah. We, no we would rank it worst, right? There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't know. Any... I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more tidbits. Billy Boyd no, returns to sing a song at the end credits for some reason. Thanks, it's Pippin. Remember Pippin? I remember Pippin. He sang that song when that dude was eating them cherry tomatoes real gross. I remember. Yeah. Anyway, the film grossed $956 million against a between $250 and $300 million budget. While this was still more than enough to make it the sixth highest grossing film of 2014... It is also the lowest grossing of the Hobbit trilogy and therefore the lowest grossing of all six of Peter Jackson's Middle-Earth films. Um, here's a quick tidbit. 
the Rotten Tomatoes rankings of Peter Jackson's Middle Earth films. Should I go from worst to best or best to worst? Um, I don't know. Go best to worst, I guess. Best to worst. Okay, so Two Towers at 95, which is a, it's strange that it's Two Towers. Then Return of the King at 93. Then Fellowship at 91. Then Desolation of Smog at 73. Then Unexpected Journey at 64. Then Battle of Five Armies at 59%. This makes the average score of a Middle Earth movie 79%. However, the Hobbit films really skew that fucking number, don't they? So if there was no Hobbit films, that number would be 93% on average, which is pretty fucking good. As far as our ranking goes... um, it's it's self-explanatory, really. I think our ranking is a pretty common ranking. Uh, yeah. Number one, Return of the King. Indisputable. Don't dispute me. Number two, Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, you can dispute me. That one's pretty good, too. Number three, The Two Towers. Number four, An Unexpected Journey. Number five, The Desolation of Smog. Number six, The Battle of the Five Armies. It is just kind of a downward spiral for the Hobbit movies, isn't isn't it? It starts out pretty all right, then it gets a little worse, then it gets really bad. <laughs> uh, how embarrassing! What a shame! Is it is it, like the, really, the best way to describe it? Really, is embarrassing. It's such a shame. Like I wish it was done better. Huh. What can you do, I suppose? I'm glad we're done with it, but it was a fun time to go through those again. Even the Hobbits. Like, I I am fine with revisiting them every so often. Although I think on my next rewatch, five years down the line, I may just not watch Battle of the Five Armies. Because it's the worst. Yeah. Watch, I'm going to go watch... If I go to watch any of these any point i'm gonna go look for a cut version yeah i think the next time i watch them i'll try to find like the tolkien edit or the like topher grace version or something i'm sure it's something somewhere i i can watch that would be cool by me like like, there's still fucking moments man like i'm just like flipping through it because i always have the movie up like fucking like the very end fucking like bilbo's just sitting there like in misery then gandalf just pulls up very loudly, like, clanks and loads his pipe. I like that moment, but it's I don't great. know why it happens. Like, yeah. It's great. It's really it's funny. So, it's great. Smiles at him. It's like, yeah. bruh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> bruh, his friend my just mind died. is destroyed. Can you not smoke weed right now, Gantel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's just... Uh, but that, that that's like the big definition of these where it's like it's moments surrounded by a bunch of unnecessary garbage yeah I feel like it could easily be whittled down into an excellent three hour movie but as it stands it's a Pretty terrible nine-hour-long movie, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right, 
Done with this shit. It's time. Oh yeah, we got a wheel. We got a wheel. We got. A, what are we watching next? I hope it's good. What's on That's the wheel, some, Justin? You got some fucking bones to rattle. Oh yeah. Oh please do that. God. Fast and Furious. Psycho. Mummy slash Scorpion. Oh God. Okay. Mad Max. Uh huh. Ip Man. Yep. 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 Is that is is he, is he Ip Man because he just says Ip? Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. That's that's his only life. Cool. Planet of the Apes. Uh, Miyazaki movie. Ooh, yeah. Okay. You're on Elm Street. Frankie films. Hell yeah, I've watched all those already, but I'll do it again. Yeah, Back to the Future. Again, I left an empty space. Was so the new one we were adding? Oh, um, we discussed this prior to this, and I think we should put something terrible on the wheel. Yeah, we're putting the Transformers series on the That's wheel. Right. That's right. Replacing right Lord of the Rings, um, which is rude to Lord of the Rings, but. I feel like these movies have a lot of mileage to discuss on a podcast because they are bad. Now, um, I, I for me, this will include uh, the 80s Transformers theatrical release and also stuff like Bumblebee spinoffs that occur. Um, Look, Bumblebee? Bumblebee. Yeah, Look, we're watching Bumblebee? the Bee movie. Yeah, the Bee movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think it's time to rattle some bones. What do you think? Yeah, dude, rattle that shit. Rattle me bones! Welcome aboard, mateys. Rattle me bones, rattle me bones. Take what he will, but don't rattle me bones! Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful, my friend, or he'll rattle it. Shake it. Rattle me bones. Turn the lights low, there's a frightening blue. But don't rattle me bones! Rattle me, rattle me, rattle me bones. You can use your skill to take what you will. You can take your pill, but don't rattle me bones. Battery sold separately. From Spin ideal. that shit. Going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Miyazaki. Oh yeah. Yep, we're watching all the Miyazaki movies. Oh shit! All right. Okay. I'm down for that. Where do we start, though? Well, this is a great question. Yeah. Right? Because you could, if you want, start with the loop of the third movie. But we don't have to, because I think it requires a lot of context of loop in the third to thoroughly enjoy. But I don't think it's necessarily a great idea. We could just skip that I would kind of rather not, because that one might not be easily available uh, to us anyway. Um, right, so let's just go for uh, as a Nausicaa first? I believe so. Let me uh, check a look here. Uh, filmography as a director. Um, I've never even heard of this one. Oh, that's a music video. Never mind, that's fine. Uh... Yeah, I believe we would start with Nausicaa, but um, I would the, the, the say I would, movies. 
I would look into Castle of Cagliostro. Maybe we should watch it. I feel like it'd be if fun. If we can find it. Yeah, this is the thing that like I'm concerned with is like if we can't then maybe we should just start with uh I know um like available on like HBO Max. I'm pretty sure. Go through those. So let's start with Nausicaa. Give me one second. Giving you a second. Okay. Cagliostro on Netflix, pretty sure. Really? So we could just watch it. If no, yeah, let's do it then. Let's let's start with that one then. I want I want to see. I actually haven't seen it. I haven't either. Um, I like Lupin the Third, but I'm very not like I haven't watched a lot of it. But um, I think we should just watch every movie he's directed, and that's the series. So like, you I, have to watch that. I I uh. I'm down for it. Okay. Uh, so, to officially say what this includes, Miyazaki's filmography as a director, The Castle of Cagliostro, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, uh, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, The Wind Rises, and then uh, his upcoming movie is called How Do You Live. I don't know if it'll be out by the time we are uh, through all these movies, but uh, this is a lot. Eleven movies so far? Yeah, it's a big one. This is pretty lit. I'm pretty excited to go through these. You got like the next three months of Get and Jump show lined up for you. Hell Be there. yeah, dude. Let's talk about these movies. I'm excited to watch these. I haven't seen all of them. And this dude is a like. fucking uh, king. So I'm excited to go through these. Something different you know for our show. Dude, you're going to feel the same way I do about The Wind Rises once we get to it. I've seen The Wind Rises. I've seen you. The Wind Rises. Yeah, but you... Yeah, but you'll but you'll have the context of all of Miyazaki. I mean, that is my favorite so far that I've seen. The Wind Rises is fucking immaculate. Hell yeah, dude! I think it's the greatest animated movie of all time. By the time we're done, <laughs> well, until next time, uh, I guess we're gonna have a good time. Hooray! Yeah, please. Oh God, free. We're free. <laughs> We're going to have to pay penance for this one because the next one we'll have to watch will be Transformers or Resident Evil, I bet. Or, or uh, fucking, uh, uh, fuck it. Why, why can't my brain? We could put Airbud on the wheel, you know? We could always do that. Yeah, just, you know, just watch Airbud. You know? Yeah. Are those all on Disney yeah, Plus? So if they're not on Disney Plus, then I'm not doing it. We need a way to watch the Airbud films in order to do the Airbud films. <laughs> True, true, true. Uh, I'm leaving because I have to poop. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye.